0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Firing Synapses. This is a show all about exploration. I will learn what makes you, you. This includes your hobbies, passions, whatever else drives an emotion. However, if you want to come on just to vent about what's currently bothering you, I'm perfectly fine with that as well. My goal for this show is for you to have a good time, learn something, and have the opportunity to talk about what you normally would not get a chance to share with others. Thank you, and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. For all of your return listeners, I thank you very much. I appreciate all the love. For all anyone who is new to this endeavor, I am your host, Matt. On today's episode, I am joined by a return guest. Some of you may remember him from either the Imagination with Math and Dice or Metamore and more episodes. The host of Dungeons & Chill podcast, please, everyone, welcome back to the show, David. Hi, David. How are you? Hey, it's so good to be back. Thanks for having me, man i'm glad you can come back um we'll talk about dnd in a little bit i'm sure <laughs> um but also on the show completing the cast of cosplay stitch and seam uh please everyone welcome to the show hannon and mercedes v fire i mean you know we can go by a couple of things hello ladies
1: hi thanks hello. for having us
0: uh, my pleasure on today's episode before we get into anything else we're going to be talking about cosplay, how everyone got started, what what you kind of look for in this as a hobby or a passion. And I'm sure we'll go into D&D and other things, but <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to ask Mercedes, V-Fire, uh, Vermilion Fire, where does, where does that come from?
2: Uh, so the name uh, actually comes from Vermillion is the red rocks of my home state, and fire is my passion for creativity. So that's where that came from. Uh, And that's what I use for my cosplay name, but sometimes it's weird saying, hey, V-Fire. And so I'm like, it's okay if you're calling Mercedes, too. Uh, As to where that came from, uh, my dad may not be a video game nerd, but he loves cars.
0: (laughs) Either that or he really likes Kitty. That one I don't know. so the canadian um all metal um rock group metal group there's a two sisters in there the singer and the drummer i forget the singer's name but the drummer was mercedes oh
2: sounds dope and i need to know know more about it (laughs) (laughs) nice nice
0: so yeah um and it's one of those bands that you know they're big in europe where they have like one album in the u.s but like 80 albums in Europe and everyone loves them over there like Guano Apes. Who who knows about Guano Apes? Well, apparently Japan because they're big in Japan. Wow, (laughs) it's one of their songs too. So, but then I I, I was thinking of Vermilion. I was like, or that Slipknot because there's, but that's you know (laughs) one of the two. You know, (laughs) we're talking about cosplay. The first time I was actually introduced to cosplay was when Sci-Fi had their Heroes of Cosplay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. which that's Uh um maybe some of us that's our only experiment or experience with it is that kind of when that show was on well first of all who remembers that show
1: yes i was in an episode (laughs) oh really (laughs) yeah in the background like we got recorded but they didn't use our footage
0: oh okay so then that answers my questions of how far involved were you when that episode when that show was on (laughs) well very apparently
2: I was just watching each episode being like, I need to see more. <laughs> so, being like, that's real, that's what? Uh, but it, was, it, was, it was interesting.
1: Yeah, like when I was on the episode they were filming, it was at a convention called Anime Matsuri, which is in Texas. Um, and my friends and I were there for World Cosplay Summit competition because they were having like a finals uh, competition there uh, in addition to their regular cosplay contest and so it was uh, it 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 is in one of my cosplay horror stories because it did cause some like (laughs) some issues with like the backstage and when people could access the green room and their own materials and um it I don't know it was interesting like I there are some people that are in the show or have been in the show that I know in person and like they are not the way they are portrayed in the show. It, it, it's good to remember that it, it's a TV show. This is yeah. acting. These people are not like. It fed a lot on
2: like the drama side of things because that's yeah. what TV thinks people want. And they don't realize right. that the cosplay community is a lot kinder than what they portray.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh. Um, I did think it was really funny because like in the episode, they showed like. Another team winning the cosplay contest, and it was funny because it's actually a couple of friends of mine that did win it, and they were like, "We were <laughs> in the show, and we won the contest." <laughs> but, but you know, it's that kind of staging where it's like none of that is is real. Like it gives you a taste of what cosplay is. Mm-hmm. um It shows you some really cool costumes. Um, it shows cool you a little costumes. bit of what uh, conventions are like, but. Like any reality TV, it should definitely be taken with many, many grains of salt. They have a story they want to tell and they told yes. it the way they wanted to. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, I think uh, I think I mentioned this one of the times when David was on the show, but um one of my favorite shows is Ninety Day Fiance. Oh yes. And- <laughs> <laughs> Look. Oh boy. Most of the spin-offs too, although I am behind, because right now I'm kind of trying to catch up on um, uh, critical role, and I'm about a hundred mm-hmm. episodes behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got I, I got some time, yeah, but yeah, i I watch that show, and it's the editing sometimes is completely they'll lose continuity con- Oh, that can't remember that word. continuity. Um, yeah there we go. Um, where you know there'll be like have a full glass, a be empty glass, there'll be a full table of you know barware. I'm like, this is all supposed to be continuous, and um, that's not how the real world works. But <laughs> I still watch that show, and we you know <laughs> my boss and I we talk about it Monday, Tuesday morning of Hey, did you see what happened to um, um, you know Paul the Carini? Did you see what happened to uh Darcy? You know. And, the whole slew of oh you got to go back to season three when you know they're in the desert and you know it's like
2: <laughs> i still get texts from my boss from my old job uh, for him going okay so this episode of critical role and i'm like dude <laughs> no one i don't even go, go here i don't even go here anymore does <laughs> no one listen to you at work i mean i'm happy Aww. to oh <laughs> Uh, but also everything I know about Critical Role is through my friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it's I. Uh, I love I, it. I
2: think it's great. I can't wait for the comic yeah. books to come out in physical form and like yes. purchase every single one of them. Um, but like, oh my gosh, I can't listen to it. It's just too long. But ow, I just hit my elbow. I'm so sorry. Um,
0: you don't have to apologize to me. I didn't. I didn't feel that so. <laughs> it wasn't too yeah. funny. Now was it? Aww. <laughs> funny damn i need my lap track i I have my my (laughs) my, uh my tablet in another room i forgot to hook that up but (laughs) maybe uh, maybe i'll put it in post Uh, there we
2: go
0: (laughs) so um can any one of you um can you for for the people at home that don't know the difference or what cosplay is how is cosplay different from just like going to a target or wherever the halloween shop and picking up a uh, uh, something off the shelf to wear it,
1: it, it can be honestly like <laughs> um, cosplay is like as as involved or not involved as you want to be. Um, so some people will definitely buy costumes off of a rack, and it doesn't make them any less a cosplayer than someone who spent you know nine hundred hours hand stitching something. Um, it just it's it's a broad, all encompassing hobby, and I think. Um, I I hate to get into like this elitism that uh, you have to meet XYZ parameters for it to be quote-unquote cosplay. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: Because if you're having fun, if you're doing costumes, you're cosplay.
3: (laughs) It's kind of the intent in the matter of what's what's your intent. Are you going to go to a costume party? Then it may not necessarily be cosplay. Um, But are you going to go to a cosplay party? Yeah. Are you going to buy a trench coat and boots and be Neo from the Matrix um, and, you know, kind of feel cool and awesome for a little while? That could be cosplay as well. It it all depends on what's your intent behind it. So go into Target, buy the thing or buy all the materials and spend 10 times as much money and hundreds of hours in, in making it yourself that, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter as long as you call it cosplay.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, when they think of cosplay, they think of the crafters and the ones who spend all that time going in the the high detail. But like, that's not the whole thing. That's only one facade, one side of what cosplay is uh, going out there and purchasing a, a cosplay a costume, whatever you want to call it, uh, is it's still part of that. As long as like David said, your intent is, you know, you're going to go and have fun.
0: So if you're kind of like just starting out, like I want to be more of Arya from uh, Game of Thrones, or I want to be this person or that person, you could start at you know, a costume shop, and that's kind of like like your base, and then you could build up from there. Is that kind of what some people do when they're starting totally. into this hobby? Ye-
1: yeah, like it It really depends on where you want to go with it. So some people are excited just to wear the costume and play as the character. They're in it for more like, say, the improv and acting the part. Um, Other people may be interested in competition and that's where you get a lot of people who will just pour hours and hours and hours into costumes, do their historical research, do like metalworking and leather crafting and um, ancient sewing techniques, you know, all kinds (laughs) of different things um, because they want to have a specialized product because they want to use it for, you know, competition or filming or whatever they're doing with it. So it just... uh, cosplay has so many branches of like why people devote lots of time and energy into it. So it's, it's really depends on where you want to go. And I think that's one of the best parts about cosplay is you don't have to limit yourself to only one. You can explore all kinds of aspects of how it brings you joy. <laughs> yes. And
2: like, uh, years ago, I made my mom and myself, uh, Bellatrix Lestrange costumes uh and what I did is I went to the Halloween store and bought us both the same uh I, th- I think it was oh, I don't remember which character but it was a long dark dress and I took that home and just modified the heck out of it until it looked more like Bellatrix the Stranger's outfit and we both wore those and we super happy <laughs> um and you know we got to play our, our favorite villain <laughs> and you know and it didn't cost a whole bunch uh you know that's what we got to be for halloween and you know we were happy with that it doesn't have to be a 900 project that you put yeah 900 hours into it could just be 20 bucks that you spent at the the craft store and maybe a couple of hours and boom you got yourself a cosplay
0: <laughs> now i up you talked about um competition mm-hmm. um what um I don't want to wear this. What when you're going into competition? Is there like multi-tier, like multi um, uh, difficulty levels? If you were like this, is Mm -hmm. like the beginner version of it. So you know, you no one's going to going to expect you know top notch You know, you spend twelve hundred hours on just your boots, and you know you just work up from there. (laughs) (laughs)
1: There, there are definitely different uh, like competition tiers. So. Uh, it, it really depends on the contest you want to enter. So if you go into, I'm just spitting in like a, a, a run-of-the-mill cosplay contest at your local convention, is probably going to have at the very least a beginner and an advanced section. So you're not putting someone who's just barely getting into the hobby up against someone who has done it for years and years and years. Um that said, it's always important to like, make sure you know the rules and what's going on, make sure you know what to expect. Um, and we actually have done like a few episodes on how to prepare for your first contest, what to expect in a judging room. Um, Cause some people don't know, like the first contest I was in, I didn't know that the judges were going to want to come inspect all over the costume and see how I had crafted it to make sure, you know, of the level of quality it was. Um, but then you'll also have uh higher stakes competitions. Uh, there are some where it's, you're basically up against entirely uh, master crafters, maybe even people who do it professionally uh, in different like theatrical fields in uh, cinema, in all kinds of theatrical reproductions. Um so it, it really depends on what you want to throw yourself up against. Um, <laughs> my, uh, gosh, I've been doing this for like way longer than I'd like to admit, <laughs> um, since about 2000, 2001. Um, and so in that time, I've done about, gosh, I don't know how many I've been in, but I've got like 50 some odd awards from different competitions in the States. But there's also competitions that go like uh, around the world, like uh, World Cosplay Summit, uh, Clara Cow Cosplay Cup, C4. Uh, so you're not just competing against people who are local, you're also competing against other countries.
0: So there's almost like, there's almost like a world cup of uh, yeah, cosplay everywhere. Yeah.
1: <laughs> kind of like cosplay Olympics. Um,
2: it's intense. I watch it every year, and I'm just like, oh well, my
0: gosh. Then there's, is it all tight in there? Because, I mean, I've only seen like small, like two and four person tents. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it is all types. Um, so with World Cosplay Summit, <laughs> now I, I know they look like tents sometimes. Um, but with World Cosplay Summit is a two person competition. So you have to enter in pairs. Uh, and anything you bring on and off the stage has to be just those two people. Uh, so any special effects you do, any costume changes, any... You don't get stage ninjas. You Yeah, you <sighs> don't get people to help you on and off with most of it. Um, then they have like solo competitions where it's really just like people showing off these beautiful costumes they've made. Um, they sometimes have like a skit, a performance aspect. It really depends on the contest Um, And then I have seen like some larger group competitions. Um, When we did the uh, cleric how cosplay contest in the Netherlands, they had a contest specifically for multiple countries coming together to do groups, uh, which I thought was really cool. So they did like uh, we'd have like Italy and Spain and Denmark or something together in one group. And it was really interesting to see like, how people would come together for that?
0: So you said for like the the dual competition, mm-hmm. there's not really a, a limit of what you can do, only that those two people can have to bring it on or off the stage. Is that what you just said?
1: Right, right. Um, there there are more specific restrictions with World Cosplay Summit. You have to like your set can only weigh a set amount. teams can only weigh a set amount. Um, you can only have X amount of props. You can only per- your performance has to be this exact amount of time. So there are specific restrictions, but basically you are responsible for anything that goes on and off the stage.
0: So how do you travel with all these like elaborate pieces of costume or you know cosplay? You know, like if I, if I say something wrong, forgive me. You know, like I guess no, you're you fine.
3: Know, Uh, You travel carefully. That's like, that's just (laughs) the key. (laughs) Carefully.
1: I mostly drive, but I haven't been anywhere where I've needed to fly yet. (sighs) It really depends on the competition. If I'm doing something local, I can go big and crazy. And it, as long as I can carefully get it in and out of my car, it should be fine. Um, But for international stuff or even out of state, I usually have to figure out how, all of the pieces can fit into a suitcase, and that does uh it does change how you or view the competition.
2: Um,
1: or or you get a friend who can drive it over, <laughs> or you uh can ship a package ahead of time to the hotel you'll be staying at and then assemble it there. Um, I know a lot of the cosplayers who do like the big armored pieces or mecca or Like, anything that's huge and on stilts and many pieces, uh, they do have to deal with shipping or having friends cart things over, or people get really creative on how to get costumes in and out of a a hotel or a competition.
3: (laughs) So, Or you forget it halfway to your drive to the con, and then you have your amazing friend overnight ship it to you, so that way it makes it to the con the next day.
2: Speaking of D&D, my D&D friends are the best <laughs> and amazing <laughs> and overnight shipped my costume that I left. So they're amazing.
0: <laughs> now, how far into the trip do you get and you realize, you know, that very important piece that I cannot go without? Um, yeah, I left mm-hmm. that at home. How far were we
3: on that trip, Mercedes? It was, Ooh, we were at we least knew. in Colorado at that point.
2: Yeah, so it's about three hours. Jeez three or four no four it, four it was or five more than, hours yeah I oh think it was gosh. four or
3: five because it's four an eight or five hour... hours
2: yeah yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> oh we were mostly there the thing that that Mercedes was missing was uh like 90% of the costume mm-hmm. um like it was yeah. the like theme I could of the costume
2: like I could not go on stage without that like all I had uh with me were the tights <laughs> oh
1: and you and had the, the guitar the I
2: had the guitar and the lyre Yeah. I had, I had the crops I just had none of the frilly stuff that was supposed to go on top
1: which is why it's so important to make lists and
2: pack with <laughs> enough time list. I had a list and I hung it up because I was like I'm not going to let it get wrinkled and then I had well, to have it shipped and it got wrinkled anyways
0: <laughs> all I had on me was hello my name is Tag that's all I had
2: <laughs> <laughs> pretty much like this is my cosplay
0: you it's all theater of the mind mind. this is (laughs) this is what it looks like i'll tell you imagine
2: imagine how this oh i had the crown too yeah (laughs) very important yes oh that would have been a very different cosplay on stage
0: (laughs) Uh. so does that happen often or do you say look i make this list i'm gonna check it three times And I still have gone five times without, you know, this major part of my, uh, my outfit.
1: It really depends. Um, (laughs) like for, for some of those major competitions, like I, oof, um, at least like leaving the country sort of competitions, like usually, usually I can spend a couple days to make sure everything is in its place. Um, A lot of the time with international competitions, you'll have already competed in it once. So you should have most everything done. And so you're not scrambling to finish things last minute or uh, adding things. I mean, you might be adding things, Uh, but (laughs) but basically like all the main pieces should be already finished. Yeah, you won't Um, be misplaced in anything. Yeah, it's less of a scramble of trying to get everything done and then pack it. but, but, uh, I don't know. Like, I've, uh, I almost feel like every convention I have forgotten something. Like, whether it's a major, like, deal breaker costume contest ending piece or just, uh, hey, can I borrow an extra, like, hair tie? It's usually something. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I always forget something. Uh, it just never fails. That's why Sadie always brings backup stuff where she's like, <laughs> yeah, I know you're probably going to forget this or this or this. And she's amazing. And that is why I call her my manager. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> She kind of is, yeah.
2: She really is. She also keeps my head on straight at conventions. Is like, okay, this panel, this is the one that you wanted to go to today. Do you still want to go to it? And I will tell her yes or no based on my anxiety levels. So nice, <laughs> nice. yeah. But she'll remind me that that's what I wanted to do, and I was really excited about it.
0: <laughs> is there any type of like a competition series type of thing where, like, if you're going as, let's say, you're going as Link, um, and you know, this is you know, Link from uh, stage one, and you got to go through two or three stages where you got to keep the same theme, and like, they will discredit you if. You know, you add things or take away things. Is there anything like that?
1: Um, it it really depends on the contest. Um, it's usually less like elimination rounds like that. It's more, um, usually what it is is there's a craftsmanship portion and a stage portion. Um, and a lot of the contests will judge you only on craft, and some will judge you on both combined. It just depends which is why you want to make sure you read the rules um but also a lot of contests vary when it comes to what they will uh i guess be sticklers about with the costume whether they want you to be precisely accurate to how it was in game or in whatever canon it was or if you are able to put your own unique spin on it if you're able to do like a fan variation um You'll see a lot of cosplay related fan art uh, lately, especially like on Patreon. Uh, Designers will draw up like, here is this character, like uh, Harley Quinn. Uh, And they're like, okay, well, this is Harley Quinn in a Victorian ball gown. This is Harley Quinn in a future cyberpunk setting, you know, and, and they're not official versions, but they are like very detailed, very unique stylized versions and they're obviously that character hey there she is (laughs) um but it, it depends on the contest and whether or not they allow those kind of variants um most that i've been to do as long as you can provide references of what inspired you or what you're going off of because accuracy is a big part of the competition and they need to have something to look at to be like, oh, you do look like this thing you're trying to portray.
0: So you're you're going for accuracy and that, hey, this reminds me of this character. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> now, now now David, um when you go out and you're making a costume, if if it's allowed, do you try to make the character um true to well, life, I want to say? Uh true to um how it's portrayed in the comics or in the movies or do you like to put your own spin on things of this is how they portray it if i was in charge this is how i would do it so that's how i'm going to do it um so i'd probably
3: go based off of source material a little bit more so some of my two favorite cosplays that i have done um i did a character from the dresden file series by jim butcher Um, And there's not a lot of actual like physical representation of the character that I was doing. So I kind of got to do my own spin on it. And then um, one time a group of friends of mine wanted to do a Justice League hipster group cosplay. Um, (laughs) So it was all of our, it was really great. It was really great. So we got to do a, um, like we had a hipster Batman. We had a hipster Superman where it was uh, the S cut out, but it was in plaid. So instead of the red and yellow, it was a, a V-neck shirt with the plaid. And I sewed, sewed that on with like yellow strings or yellow threads. So nice. it really popped. Um, and then for me, I made Hipster Flash with uh, a backpack record player. Uh, <laughs> with the Flash symbol on the record on, on my back. <sighs> oh my it, was, it was fantastic. I loved it. Skinny jeans, red V-neck shirt, thick rimmed glasses. It was It was the works. Um, so if I can customize it to my to to my way, I will. But if I'm gonna be entering a competition, I'm working on a cosplay for the Hollow Knight right now, uh based off of fan art, I'm going to follow that as close to the T as I possibly can, maybe add a few things, but I wanna make sure that if I'm going to add something, it's not in um uh conflict. It makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So like in the drawing, the you don't see any chains. But in the game, the character just like fell off of chains. So I thought it'd be really cool if like on his back, you'd have these chains kind of coming off, of not in the drawing, but it makes sense within the context that I could then justify to a judge later on.
2: Yeah, I want to uh, elaborate on that a little bit too, because I like I like both. I've done hyper-realistic, true to the game, uh, try to make it as real to life as possible with my costumes that's like my main goal with all of them and a lot of times when I'm looking at a costume especially if it's from something super cartoony I will change things to make it more real to life uh I will uh, adjust things but I always put it I always back it up in my my documentation uh when I'm entering a contest to be like this is why I made this decision and it's up to the judges to decide if they agree on that or not of course um like for example, a project that I'm working on right now is the Drifter from Hyperlight Drifter. Uh, if you haven't played that game, it's amazing. Yes, David, I'm I've have, have another obsession,
3: another obsession to talk about during our podcast.
2: <laughs> yes, I will. I'm trying to refrain from that. Sadie and I are going to start a, a game podcast, so I can talk about games on there instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, for the Drifter, that game's all pixel art, and it's all like. It's not hyper-detailed, uh, and like the the main character, uh, this is his figure right here.
3: That looks so great in an audio for- format, Mercedes. I know,
2: so yes. But anyone wants to, audio format wants to look at this guy's fig- figurine online. It's still very simple for changing it from pixel art to this. I've looked at it, I'm like, okay, I've looked at what the setting of the game is, it's fantasy slash sci-fi kind of mixed together, and I'm like, how can I put that into this costume and create something that's hyper-realistic? This is the most that I've done of my own design, uh, where I've like added my own creative flair to it, but I've done it based off of years of, like, I'm trying to make this thing realistic, I'm trying to make that realistic, and now I'm kind of putting it into this thing. I don't know, we'll see how it goes, because when I design my own stuff, it doesn't always turn out great, Uh, but we'll see on this one. But I think it's fun, and I love, as a judge, I love seeing that in costumes. I love seeing it when uh, somebody puts together a character that they are absolutely in love with, and they're like, okay, so this is what they did in the game, but I felt like this was a little more realistic for the character because of X, Y, and Z. You can see their passion for it and understand why they made those decisions and then after that instead of looking at like the you know accuracy to the game i start looking at okay how well did you execute that then
0: like a new game comes out how long after that game comes out or the the trailers do you go i need to make um uh, i need to make the uh, the hero in this game i i have to do that it looks awesome i need to make um hellblade or whatever you know I have a great oh, I have a great yes. response for this. Oh, the man. the playable demo for Resident
3: Evil 8 Village came out. And in less uh-huh. than 12 hours, there are hundreds of lady Demestri, Yes. Uh, yeah. cosplays in less than 12 hours. If there is a internet phenomenon like uh, what was it? Uh, Princess Peach Bowser? What was that one called? Oh ah!
1: yeah, yeah. Bowsette?
3: Bowsette. Bowsette. Yeah, that one hit the hit the internet like a flood and if there's something that like people really want to see they will see it um mm-hmm. one of the cosplayers that i follow on youtube uh he scrubs through a a trailer and then he'll go to like the action figures and he goes so i'm gonna make this prop that you saw for 0. 0.3 seconds i know because i counted <laughs> in this frame of the trailer for the new end game thing and then i went to the toys and i looked at this and that and then then like six hours later, he has the prop almost to the T. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it depends For- on like who, who's, who's making it, what kind of time they have, what's the fan reaction, how do I hit this uh-huh. on my SEOs so that way yeah. like, I get more people to see my page.
2: Horizon Zero Dawn wasn't even out, and they released a cosplay guide to Aloy, and people ate that up. Like, Mm. I I still have copies of that on my computer.
1: (laughs) I know with uh, some of them, too, uh, some cosplayers will get an early release of the designs, especially if they are going to be like a a booth model for when they Mm -hmm. release the content. Um, I know they did that with, uh, I think, Overwatch? I think hmm. they had uh some of the models for it like it was released ahead of time so that they could make a cosplay for it and you know really spend some time on making it as accurate as they could um so PlayStation it- even did a docuseries series with all the a- with a bunch of the Aloy cosplayers
2: that Oh that's uh, so cool. made their costumes before the game came out and I was just like <gasps> <laughs> 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 Past obsession. Okay, still is an obsession. <laughs> past- <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Stop past. It's still an obsession.
1: <laughs> this is my hyperfixation, and it will always be slightly a hyperfixation.
0: <laughs> so those those companies like Square Enix or you know uh, Blizzard will reach out to whatever like Evil Ted did you say from the Rubber episode? Uh, yeah. And they'll hey we have these characters. It hasn't released yet, but we know that you know you guys do awesome work so here's what it is make something mm-hmm. make this is that what companies do do yeah i mean
2: Kamui's cosplay is making something right now that that gem gun from something oh i can't remember
3: I, it's, it's, it's some game that's not even out yet um, yeah
2: and she's just trying to make it like out of materials that are easy to find and things like that and it looks amazing yeah um but she's doing that for a game company
1: I think it's definitely become like a part of marketing because knowing like how much people want to cosplay it, how much people are obsessed with the character is going to also correlate with how much people are going to want to play or buy the game and the pl- play or buy the game or buy merchandise about the game or you know watch let's plays of the games. It it just is like its own little Ouroboros of yeah. <laughs> It really is. Advertising and hype and all kinds of stuff.
3: There's even some cosplayers that I've seen where the video game company will reach out to them and say, hey, we want to design a character. Uh, We Mm. want to work with you to design this character Uh, because like you are more or less what we had in mind. Uh, The first thing that comes to my mind is Lollipop Chainsaw, um, where they work with Jessica Negri, who is a pretty big Mm. cosplayer, to like work together to design the character. So that way it was like almost this exclusively perfect cosplay for her because she helped design the the character style, the outfit, um, and then they designed some of the um, the movements and the weapon and all this other stuff. So it's it's getting to the point where it, it almost seems like it's good PR if you can just tell a bunch of people to like, hey, cosplay this. Um, mm-hmm. Borderlands 3 did the same thing that Horizon did, is just flood the yes. internet with all of their character designs like here is this cosplayer that we played to dress up as the new version of tiny tina that oh i just hit release and then like twitter exploded with all of their uh individual designs for all the new characters and whatnot
2: yep i love those uh kamui's working on the grim marrow from outriders game that's right nice nice
0: and um i i think it was the glue episode That uh, you were talking about how Joann's and Michael's kind of are starting to get a cosplay section in their, you know, stores where it makes it, you know, here's, you know, paints or foam or whatever to make it easier as a stepping stone to start into.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think. I think it's easier today than it has ever been to get started with cosplay Um, because back in the like 90s early 2000s when I was first getting into it uh, the only thing I had was an America magazine which took pictures at conventions of cosplayers and they were just in a little corner in the back section and they were like look at these cosplayers and I was like that's so cool Um, (laughs) and then like I had to try to like figure it out based on my very limited knowledge and what I could scrounge up. Um, but now you have like foam and warble and different thermal plastics and tools and patterns and just so many resources that are at your fingertips. And not only that, if you go to like, uh, like YouTube, like Shil- Skillshare, like all of these different, like, uh, tutorial-based videos, you can learn how to make them. Like, people will walk you through step-by-step. Chances are, if you're cosplaying something that's not brand spanking new, someone will have done a tutorial of it, or someone will have chronicled their build so you can at least see what to do and what not to do. Um, So it's less of a, like, learning by failing as much as I felt like I did back in the day. Um, which I think is really nice and it makes it a lot more accessible to new people who are excited about the hobby.
0: You mentioned warbla. What what is warbla?
1: It is magic.
2: <laughs> it is a saying, pl- go for it, Mercedes. <laughs> it is a plastic. I love hate it. Uh <laughs> I'm in a love-hate relationship with uh Warbla. It is a uh thermal plastic, so you can heat it up and essentially mold it like clay uh it gets sticky it sticks to itself uh you have to heat it up quite a bit so you can burn your fingers uh david is holding up an example of a cool mask he made with it don't stick it right on your
3: face eh david i was i was gonna i was gonna wait uh you can finish your (laughs) section and then i'll tell my my cosplay (laughs) horror story that we like to mention on the show
2: (laughs) sounds good um but like it's it's wonderful uh i like Using it to like sandwich over uh, foam because it makes foam a lot stronger, uh, more durable. Uh, it will melt in your car though if you leave it out in a hot day, uh, and then there goes all your armor. Um, uh, no, it's... then you can just be
0: a transformer. You're like, now nah, yeah. this is the car now. There we go. Drive <laughs> that it. into the into the judges station. I'm sure it will.
2: Yes, like here's my costume. Oh. It's now part of the seat. <laughs> um yeah uh it's super cool stuff it's got so many different like uses for it and the point that like the scraps are usable because you can just heat it up and create another like piece of warblah out of it by just melting all the pieces together or just sculpt it into something like I love how usable it is and it doesn't leave any scraps that you have to throw away
0: so it's almost like play-doh, like you'll take this section off, you'll form it, whatever, and whatever's left, you can just mush it back together and make a, a new entity.
2: As long as it's heated up, yes.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, like I have I have a bag of scraps here in the room, but it's just like this big and it's just full of just scraps from it
1: yeah they're like with cosplay a lot of products fall under the like umbrella term thermal plastics which are like mercedes was mentioning plastics that like become malleable once you heat them up there are some like Warbla is known because it is blended with like a wood fiber So it has a little bit more stiffness to it, whereas if you buy something like a friendly plastic, it's little tiny beads that will all melt together. So it's the same kind of thermoplastic base, but the way you sculpt them is different and their rigidity is different. Um, There's another one called Thibra that's more like the consistency of silly putty when it's moldable. It's really stretchy. It's really gooey. Um, there's another one, uh, back in the day we had Wonderflex, which is a thermal plastic that has, uh, coated, uh, like a very thin fabric. So you're kind of working with a, or I guess that, that was Foss shape back in the day, but it's basically fabric with thermal plastic. So it has more, uh, strength to it. So it just, it depends on what your project is, how thick it needs to be, how much weight it needs to bear. and yeah they all Warble is just like the the most known brand name it's kind of like kleenex you know is even though they're like tissues
3: yeah (laughs) so uh to tell my story uh for the uh, for the uh audio audience i have this uh nightwing mask that i that i have made um and this was like really at the beginning of my cosplay stuff because i like to like do small projects and see like, Hey, what is, what is it that I like? What What's working well for me? Um, and if you notice, if you look at it, it, like it has very specific dimensions and those dimensions are fantastic because this is molded exclusively to my face. This will not fit anybody else. And I've got a really crooked nose and this follows my crooked nose beautifully. Um, but as, as everyone was saying, uh, you have to get this very warm, uh, almost hot to the touch. And I remember I was like, all right, well, this isn't going to be so bad because I could touch it with my fingers. And my fingers, you know, detected, yeah, that's hot, but that's not that hot.
1: Thing is, is <laughs> that your
3: face and your fingers detect heat very differently. And I remember I, I pressed it to my face and you could see like it's on my nose. It's just around my eye. Um, and I, I pressed it down and I let it cool. And it was it was pretty hot. It was really intense. And I remember going, Ooh, this this hurts a little bit more than I was expecting. But uh, I can I can keep it on my face without any like spirit glue or any strings because of the way that again it's formed perfectly to my face. But when I took the mask off, which one hurt a little bit because some of the hair kind of got stuck to it, um, there, was <laughs> it perfect, there was a perfect there was a perfect Nightwing shaped <laughs> domino mask sunburn on my face for the next 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i gotta take this to work
0: uh... yeah I, I did it on a sunday <laughs>
3: afternoon and i worked the next morning and i was like oh no this is gonna be weird <laughs> <laughs> oh boy
0: now um like i said i listened to last couple of episodes and you had the this the uh the sticky w- the episode i want to know why this to that missed the joke of when you said put leather you're you're going to found leather and metal how did they miss the uh rob halford joke in there
3: i don't know it oh <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: rob halford is he's a known um uh, uh metal guy he's a homosexual um he'd always wear like leather like harnesses and stuff like that so I obviously see. if you don't know the reference yeah it's not gonna <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be why
0: if you Didn't know who know. Rob Halford is, or if you look him up later, it'll make perfect sense to him. <laughs> I'm sure there are some people like,
3: how do you not know this person? <laughs> I know. You guys failed.
2: <laughs> I'm like making a list of things I got to look up now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It sounds it sounds like you need to do that one at home. Not while you're on your work
0: <laughs> So w- if you correctly want to put Warbler on your face, what do you like put a... um. Well, okay. I mean, you, yes, you did put it correctly on your face, but then you also had, you know, a nice um glowing outline for, you know, the next half a day or so. But mm-hmm. if you don't want to permanently burn your face for 12, 18 hours, what do you, do you put something else under it or? Um, Go for it, Pannon. <laughs> I
1: was say, Um What some cosplayers will do will actually make a cast of their face Uh, in like plaster or whatever and it keeps the dimensions so they can put hot things on it they can do latex work they can do just about anything that you would not want stuck on your face for several hours at a time while it dries or cools or is too toxic etc uh it makes it a lot safer
0: (laughs) so you make something that is plaster pa- paris or something that mm-hmm. is more safer to skin skin contact and make a probably a negative of that and then make a positive mm-hmm. from there and then you can slab on whatever hot thermal plastic j- that you want without you know yep. hey, look I'm I'm Wonder Woman for the next 18 hours Take it, <laughs> yeah know? uh that so occasionally on our channel, on a, we will do some live
3: streams. And before we went into lockdown, I was I was like, hey, if I buy all the materials, would you guys be willing to make a plaster of my face? Like, that would be really helpful. And then lockdown <laughs> happened. I was like, well,
2: that, Dang it. <laughs> that'll have to
3: wait. Um, I've, I've got all the vaccine now, though.
1: All right, all right, oh, great. yeah. Can, congrats. Come over. Um, <laughs> when I worked with uh, this company that makes uh, mascots for major league sports companies, Uh, We would do that for a lot of the uh, actors who played the mascots. We would take a cast of their head while they were in, they had to come visit our company uh, and then they could fly home to whatever state they were from. Um, But that gave us something to work off and make sure that the uh, character head fit them perfectly. Uh, And they were, I I would say that the, the masketeers were way more satisfied when we had something that could fit them so closely.
0: Now, Pannon, you talk a lot of uh, knowledge. Um, Are you, (laughs) I mean, I don't really know how else to put it, but like everything I've thrown out, you, you've had a clear cut answer to. So is, (laughs) is this kind of what you do for a living or are you just been so involved in it that, you know, you've, you've collected horror stories and the opposite of horror stories, you know,
1: uh, well, like I said, I've been at it since like the late 90s, early 2000s. So that's over two decades worth of knowledge that I'm drawing from, and a lot of like learning by failing and working my way up. Um, you also get asked I these questions a lot. You <laughs> do get asked these questions pretty, pretty frequently. Um, but uh, I have had jobs that I got because of cosplay. I don't currently work uh, in anything related to sewing or crafting which is actually kind of a relief for me because I feel like I was kind of burning the candle at both ends when I was um I mean it would be great if someday I could be uh employed in just doing my own works but um most of the works I've done have been uh on the creative end for other companies um so it's less personally fulfilling that way I guess and that's why I haven't stuck with it whereas cosplay I always want it to be something that I do for fun and it's not fun when you feel burned out creating all the time um, cuz all your stuff's going into to making a living <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but yeah I I I have definitely gotten work because of my history with cosplay I have used cosplay on like portfolios for when i did uh work making major league mascots uh and then again when i worked for a company that did a lot of like uh gowns for photography and for like red carpet events and things like that so i worked with her at that one that's the
2: job i've ever gotten that cosplay got me the job and otherwise like yeah i do teaching and game dev stuff (laughs) yeah yeah
0: so in the last um year you know yeah since last february when uh COVID started like has your cosplay stuff very much diminished or are you kind of only doing personal stuff now i mean
1: uh i feel like this is a like one by one question because I, I think we all have kind of a different answer for it yeah. Oh, yeah. um
0: we'll we'll make for... the rounds but since you're last to talk you're first sure. to talk now so <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure um it's actually like a little bit depressing because i went to like I always like to review my goals for the previous year when I'm going into the next one and I was looking at the costume goals that I had for 2020 and I had like seven or eight big builds that I was really excited for and I feel like a big part of cosplay is attending conventions uh, it's not true for everyone. Uh, there are definitely cosplayers who thrive in an online-only format uh, on platforms like TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. And um, I don't know. That's, that's something I struggle with. Is I if I don't have a deadline, if I don't know I'm going to get the reward of going to hang out and meet with friends or enter it in a competition, I have a really tar- I have a really hard time adhering to a timeline. So I think I finished 2020, I completed maybe two or three costumes the whole year. Uh, And that's uh, very much less than usual. I usually do anywhere from 10 to 20, sometimes close to like two a month. Um, See, in my average, is two or three a year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it, it depends like and not all of them are crazy intense builds like some of them mm-hmm. are just like this character wears like a casual shirt and tie and slacks and like I made them because I have a body that's harder to fit but you know it was something I could do in a weekend if I wanted to mm-hmm. so yes it has very much affected <laughs> my productivity um I have done more like weird like not weird but like I've done more little arts and crafts than I've done actual costumes. So I've put my desire to craft into learning tiny little new things like I learned a lot of new uh what was it <laughs> embroidery stitches? I learned a lot of new embroidery stitches. I learned a lot of new handicrafting like some little leather working um things like that
0: mercedes what about you how's uh this last you know 12 13 months changed how you normally do things
2: uh well i put myself against the wall i think <laughs> um <laughs> the uh so i'm a uh one of my one of my jobs right now is a part-time teacher uh i'm the technology teacher at an elementary school and so when lockdown happened everything went online and so I was like okay I gotta make videos I gotta make uh how-to's I'm like the kids are gonna want to watch more videos and then I also have to do like online teaching with them and then like only one kid got on uh <laughs> oh, dang I I am just the technology teacher of course they don't want to do the extra work and you know come join me for STEM stuff but well you know what else, you know <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to be the cool teacher come on um <laughs> so like I put a, a lot of work into like video editing and things like that uh and then ended up picking up a summer job that turned in is slowly going to become my full-time job uh come this next summer actually uh teaching kids how to code um which has meant that a lot of my free time outside of that was spent learning the code that i needed to teach them <laughs> uh stay because, one chapter
0: ahead at all times that's all you need
2: uh, like a DM. Right? yeah 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 um and it was just like it was just very interesting because uh, like I was hired on to help create curriculum because like my degree is in game development. So all my cosplay crafting just kind of got put on hold aside from like Panin, you know, I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to do something small, learn something new. Um, and so I only got one costume done uh, last year and uh, I technically finished it in January of this year because I was going to Yellowstone to take pictures of it Uh by the hot springs and all that so that was super fun super expensive super fun though um i can't wait to see those pictures yeah yeah they'll come out soon just their photographers are very busy right now but that's okay i'll be patient (laughs) worth it um but yeah so things slow down for me but again i only make two or three costumes a year and also having a deadline does help me actually get them done as well. Uh, so like the January deadline of like, I got to get Ikri finished so that I can go take photos of her. You know, that helped me get her actually finished. And then uh, I'm using the talk cosplay to try and get the Drifter done. If I don't make it in time, that's fine. Because I'll still have the Drifter cosplay done at some point. So I can go take some epic photos of them. So, yeah.
0: David, what about yourself? How's the lockdown effect of your cosplay
3: uh it's been terrible uh, <laughs> um i'm i'm not i'm not afraid of it like it hit my depression real bad like um it was really difficult at times um we also opened our doors to um some friends who uh were going to be in complete isolation and it made it harder for me to like want to be in my own space if that makes sense um not that it was like an uncomfortable situation at all it was just like all right you're here I have to be a host for the next who knows how long you're here. Right. Um, and then by the time that I finally started got to, got to getting into n- n- the crafting of the cosplay, it started moving into the steps that are really messy that need to be done outside. And it's cold outside uh, here in Utah. It's just, it's cold. I'm not a big fan of the cold. i uh, not as cold as other places. I know, but I am a sissy when it comes to how cold it gets. And I hate the cold. Yeah. I'm with you. So, uh, mostly my, my, my creative outlet has been writing for, um, an audio project I've been working on. Um, and if you follow my Instagram, I've been, uh, trying my hand at making handmade dice. Um, and that's, that's been where a lot of my passion is. So I have a half costume, not even half, I'd probably say like one eighth of a costume ready to go. Um, and then I, then I just on a whim, uh, and a recommendation when my hair was all silver and gray, um, I did a, a gender bend cosplay of sophie from howl's moving castle that was that was really so cool was that was that this year or was that last year i can't even remember anymore it was this
1: year was that, that this was, year well now i'm like wait we're still in 2020 now we're...
3: yeah yeah i don't no, know if not. it was we're december it. or january but yeah
1: yeah, still yeah
0: pretty awesome. it's just um the extension of 2020 we're still in there <laughs> it's... but it's just like extra innings you yeah. know? Longest yeah. march
2: ever <laughs> <laughs> longest march ever yes <sighs>
0: Now David when um uh, when you're you have an idea in your head, mm-hmm. um, do you um uh, or more like when you are gonna start a project, do you look for characters that you think fit your body type or your persona or do you try to go completely opposite? You know, you know, you're a slender guy and you know you Maybe I want to play as the juggernaut or, you know, I mm-hmm. want to play, you know, something completely not me. Or do you try to get more of what's closer to you or just, hey, I, that looks interesting. Now I'm going to go for that.
3: Uh, it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B uh, on cosplay stitch and scene, We like to say that, like, if you want to cosplay, freaking do it. Like, there is no reason to not do the thing that excites you. Um, you and like, you don't need to know everything about that that character either. Um, mm-hmm. So when I did Michael Carpenter from the Dresden Files, I did it because I had a beard. And I thought that beard looked <laughs> really great. And I thought I would pull off the, the, the father lumberjack kind of archetype. Um, my wife Perfect. and I, we are watching uh, the Clone Wars, the animated series. And every time Obi-Wan pops up, Kaylin goes, you need to do an Obi-Wan cosplay. Oh,
2: my gosh. Yes, <laughs> you, you do. Yeah.
3: Um, and again, the beard helps. But when it comes to uh, a couple other cosplays, I want to do Magic from the X-Men, who is a femme character. Um, but she's she's freaking awesome, all right? She's so cool. Um, and I remember when it was the Anime anime Expo, where Pan and you were competing, I believe. Uh, anime Expo? Because you were doing Kingdom uh, Hearts.
2: Yeah. Yes. uh uh-huh.
3: And I remember I, I pulled up, a because uh, we were all going to watch uh, Panin's competition thing on Twitch, and I pulled mm-hmm. up a photo, and I was like, hey, other cosplayers, uh, I'm thinking about doing this cosplay. What advice would you give me? Um, and like in the Brian Michael Bendis run of, of the Uncanny X-Men, she, she has a boob window, um, and <laughs> it's just the only way that I, I know how to call it. Um, <laughs> yep. And it's a perfect name. It Yeah. And I was like, should I do that? Because I don't have anything really to show off. And they're like, no, you should do it. You should, you should totally do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, so that's on my list. I have a Raven from uh, the Teen Titans on my list of things. Like, it's just sometimes this goes, that character looks really cool. Um, or it's, it, that character resonates with me in some, uh, some capacity. Uh, Raven is, is the emo you know icon for, for my generation. So well, why the heck not? It sounds great. So yeah, it's uh, we like to preach cosplays for everybody. Cosplay what you want; it doesn't matter your body type. Um, you can modify it to to equal what you're comfortable with. Um, and I know I'm not I'm not the best one to speak on that. Um, but you, if you're not comfortable showing off your arms or your stomach, and the cosplay does show off more of your body, modify it to do so. And if you're going to come compete, you know, add references or extra images with with what you're doing and why not necessarily like i'm not comfortable with my body but like i feel like this would be an appropriate addition or something along those lines and i'm really just parroting the words that Pannon and mercedes say all yeah i
2: was gonna say as a judge i love seeing that too where you're like hey i'm not comfortable with how short the skirt was so i made it longer that's okay yeah that's your preference you do that
1: yeah like um We have had several episodes on like body positivity and making sure that we know, like our listeners know that cosplay is for every body and every body type. Um, For me, some of my favorite characters are these itty bitty, like the tiniest character in the show. And I am almost six feet tall and I am plus size. And I have, but I, I just love the like tiny little magical girls or the like, Sora from Kingdom Hearts who is a tiny 14-year-old boy. <laughs> um but I love those characters and I love like their like adventures and their stories and their costumes and um being able to like that has been a big part of cosplay for me is learning how to tailor those looks to be flattering on my body type. Um so and that's not necessarily the way you have to do it. Like you can do it to be as close to and as accurate as you can for how it sits on the body you can do it in a way that's flattering for your body type you can do it to your comfort level you can do it um one of the things we talk about is like even if there are 500 people doing this character do it because the things you bring to the table are going to be unique and different and no one's going to cosplay it just like you do. Mm-hmm.
3: One, of, one of the things that I want to tack on to, to this, like it, it's an asterisk, is that if you have a friend who does cosplay and you know that they have a certain body type or their skin matches the tone of another character, it's not always appropriate to recommend that exact thing. Yes. Of like, Oh, you are a person of color. You should do these other characters. Of color. You are you are a black person. Ergo, you only must do black characters.
1: Right.
2: And that's
3: just not fair um there, there I got was a, some,
2: I, i've got a friend who gets annoyed at that <laughs> yeah oh
3: totally there, there was there was some tiktok that i saw of uh of a black cosplay uh cosplayer and she did a hinata from naruto oh i
0: love that <laughs> and and she
3: had she made a whole song mocking the people who say well hinata's not black well she is today she is and again <laughs> it's just her in different cosplays of different characters who are not canonically black and she just does them anyways because again it's what inspires her it's what she finds fun um and like that's what cosplay's
2: about is like what inspires you what do you find fun go be that character yeah. do it
1: Like guess as cool as it can be to be like oh I look like this character like it should be your own decision when you have friends who are like oh well your body is like this or your skin is like this etc it kind of like I don't know it feels like it puts me in a box where they're like, oh, well, you must like this character because they are plus size. And I'm like, well, I, like, I, I think it's cool. huh?
3: Uh, I, I was just going to tack on that. I know that you have said in the past, like a lot of people have come up to you and said, you should do Rose Quartz uh, from yeah. the Universe. And mm-hmm. I was even talking about this with, with Kaylin the other day. And I was like, I think Panin would do justice to Rose Quartz purely because of her, of her sewing skills and that it would be a fantastic dress. And at the same time, I'm never going to be like, Pannon. you need to do this thing because it's just like, you know, y- you hear it so often, right? Like I'm colorblind right. and people will come up to me and go, so what color do I, what, what color do you see? And it's just, it gets, it gets old yeah, yes. after a while. You know what I mean? So it's just like yeah. talking about it and like, you can still say like, yeah, I think you would do justice to this cosplay, but at the same time, Definitely. like dead horse with a stick kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: So, in, in general, the people who are in the cosplay community are accepting of this person, while is not, you know, how the the artist drew them, or how the, you know, the developer, you know, shaped them, they don't look anything like that, or not close enough, but because that's what they want to do, go for it. Is that kind of what the general community feels?
1: Yeah, I've... I'm sorry. Did you want to go? Um,
2: I'm gonna go yeah. real fast. I just go want to go say. fast. I feel like most of the community is more accepting than people think. Yes, there are gonna be those very loud people on the internet that are rude, and I always tell people they're not your audience. Block them. You don't need them. If you don't, if you're like,
1: oh, but I'm gonna lose followers. They're not followers you want anyways. Yeah. So most of the time, I would say the cosplay community as a whole is very supportive of people who want to cosplay no matter what most of these comments that are negative telling people not to do it are people who don't even have the the courage to try cosplay honestly most of the people who are throw are throwing these barbs at people are people who are scared to even put on a costume um and they're doing it out of you know, fear and resentment that like, how dare this person do it when I don't feel comfortable showing my body like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like that's where a lot of the feelings come from. And so I would say within the cosplay community, most people, not all, but most people are very supportive.
0: I, I was going to say, I think no matter what community you're in, the people who are in it for the right reasons are going to support you for whatever you're doing. But the people yes. who are on the outside looking in say, Hey, Hey, you're a fat person you shouldn't be playing you know that person who's would be like a, a zero or whatever size it is
2: it's like those bodies don't exist anyways <laughs> Yeah. no
0: i
3: i had a friend who she made a um a comic book hawkeye and um she was really proud mm-hmm. of it and it, it looked fantastic she made the corset she made the bow and arrow and like the whole nine yards and i was like really proud of her and i remember she was walking Towards like the bathroom or to go get food, and another hawkeye just ended up walking right by her. And this hawkeye was from the movies. Um, and they looked at each other up and down for a b- moment. And my friend Ginny goes, movie hawkeye, comic book hawkeye, and they both kind of went on their way. And it was just <laughs> oh, like a, a great acknowledgement of just like, I love what you did, I love what you did. And then they like kind of continued with their thing. Um, so yeah, it it is what it is. Just do your thing. Now roll for deception. all right i got my d20 here um it was a 16
1: like (laughs) some of the best friends i've made through cosplay are because like i have seen them cosplay something that i have either done or wanted to do and i wanted to go up to them and be like hey how did you make this or i want to do this how did you do it um and it's great because you're wearing this thing that you love And it makes it really easy for someone else who also loves that to go up to you and be like, let me talk about this nerdy thing with you. Oh my gosh. gosh.
2: So the year that I took break to Anime Los Angeles, there was another break there. We were the only ones who showed up for the Pandora Hearts, like photo shoot thing. So we did a break X break photo shoot, like break shift (laughs) with break the whole time, Mad Hatter and Mad Hatter. It was amazing. And just like, we we just enjoyed, like we were wearing different variants of the costume as well. So it was just like, perfect. Uh, and just like, I love, love, love finding other links, other alloys, other, any costume that I'm wearing because it's just so fun to be like, so how'd you do this part? Okay, you know this thing in the costume? I really hated that. How'd you do it? <laughs>
0: that you're always sharing uh trade secrets of, you know, this uh, is how they did it, you know. There's
2: nothing secret when I'm <laughs>
0: <laughs> Now what about when you go to these conventions? Um like how is how are you with like people who come up to you and you know, want to take pictures or or talk to you? Are you like do you have you try to spend as much time with them as possible or Is it kind of, uh, you know, I'm busy. I kind of got to do things.
1: Depends on if I'm busy. I was going to say, it really depends on, like, there's, it's going to be different at, like, what convention you're at. It's going to be different if you're hosting events or panels. It's going to be different if you're a guest or you're a judge. Um, This is why Sadie steps in for me, (laughs)
2: because I'm... Too nice i just i want to take pictures with everybody and she'll i know that you want to see and i'm like that's fine or she'll be like mercedes you're hosting the panel and it's like <laughs> oh uh and she'll be like she's gotta go guys i'm sorry and she'll just like <laughs> take over for me and it's it's great um because i i just i don't like saying no i'm working <laughs> um but like you know i try to do is like you know, Even if like kids come up and they're like, oh my gosh, you're Katniss, and I'm not dressed as Katniss. I will be Katniss for that kid. I was Katniss as the Wanderer from Shadow of the Colossus. I don't know how they got Katniss out of that other than I was holding a bow, but I was Katniss for that kid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, like, in when when I went to Japan for a competition, they had an event called Cat which is um, it, it's kind of like a convention. It's mostly for them to like sell fan merchandise and things like that. But uh, cosplay is something that you can only do outside the building and you are set up in designated cosplay areas. You get like your little square of space that you get to stand <laughs> on. And if people want to come take a picture, they will line up and wait their turn and take a few pictures and then leave and let the next person go. Um We don't really do that here. (laughs) Um, It's very different uh, depending on if you're at, like, say, Anime Expo and you want to take someone's picture. um, You better make sure that you have space to do that, because those hallways get very crowded. It's a huge event, so many people. um, And you need to be able to find a spot to be like, okay, can I take your picture over here against this wall so we're not in the middle of foot traffic? Whereas uh, the things, whereas Mercedes was talking about when she was dressed as break and went to this Pandora Hearts photo shoot, uh, conventions will do something called a gathering where people of a certain uh, series or game or movie will all come together and for the express purpose of taking pictures. And not only will it have a lot of cosplayers, but it will also have a lot of fans of the series who just want to come to take pictures of the cosplayers um so it 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 kind of depends um and then recently it it's been really nice because there's been the movement of cosplay is not consent uh because in a convention space sometimes people forget themselves and are just so excited to see a character that they love that they forget that there is a human being wearing the costume um and so making sure that when you are taking someone's picture when you are hugging someone, et cetera, that you are asking, that you are make sure that you're getting permission, that you make sure that things are okay before you go ahead. Um, most of the conversations I've had when people want to get a picture, it's usually like, hi, I really like your costume. Can I get a picture? Sure, take picture. And then they'll head off to do something else. Um, I would say most of the time people are at a convention to go do fun things. So they may not necessarily want to linger and have a long conversation. Uh, whereas if I see, you know, someone who's just like sitting and lounging around um, and maybe like, I don't know, <laughs> you may not want to like bother someone who is his sitting and, eating, and you know, it, it it's the same as if, like, you were running into someone in, in any public setting and they're enjoying their meal. You know, they're not going to want to have someone come over and be like, can I take your picture? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I had someone ask me that while I was, you know, puking into a garbage can once. And that was probably oh. the most inappropriate time for someone to <laughs> ask for a picture. But, you know... <laughs>
2: those who don't you know live in learn now you uh, do. don't ask yeah. the cosplayer who's puking in a garbage can yeah, take please don't picture.
0: um <laughs> walk up to him with a uh, with a napkin here you go you're gonna need this now let me take a picture please <laughs> yeah
1: Where, <laughs> whereas at like a panel or a gathering there is a lot more emphasis on the social aspects people mm-hmm. are there because they love the characters people are there because they love this fandom and they want to talk about it so it's a lot more like this event is set up to socialize where a, a cosplayer in the hallway or standing around a convention it, it it's more like a say hi and bye thing
0: so assuming that you're you're not like pressed for time if someone comes up to you and you know wants to take a picture wants to talk to you you're more willing to be social with them because that's the whole purpose of well one of the purposes of cosplay is to share your love and if someone else loves this character, you know, you, you get kind of a a bonding experiment.
1: Definitely. Um I never feel so guilty as I do when I cannot stop to take a picture with someone. Um when I've been a guest at some conventions and they're like, "We got to go, you got to be at this event." And someone wants to stop and be like, "Can I get a picture?" And I'm like, "I I can't." Yeah. <laughs> I literally can't and I feel so bad about it. Like uh even when we did a we were guesting at NonDesCon which is the one in Colorado and uh, Mercedes David and I were on a panel and it was it was really like an amazing experience because we had so many cosplayers come and we were talking about body positivity and after the panel ended we opened it up if people wanted to come up and chat with us in person and ask questions and it was kind of a casual atmosphere but it was also hard because we only had like 10 or 15 minutes before the next panel was supposed to start but it i feel like we we got to meet a lot of people and really chat with them in a more realistic setting than just talking at them yeah. <laughs> or yeah. like high and by in the hallway
0: so for the the listeners at home um or at work wherever they're listening to this um is there some other like sites or um places to go that if someone wants to get started into cosplay, where do they go to Your discord or, you know, any type of Instagram or anything, sites like that? Where where do you suggest people go to?
3: So I always recommend um, find a cosplayer you like and start start following them. Um, oftentimes they have a, a brief tutorial um, and the, the amazing, terrible thing that the Internet is. If you interact with those things, Instagram and Facebook and YouTube will start then suggesting similar things. Uh, I recommend, if you're on YouTube, uh, Evil Ted, Tested with Adam Savage, especially his one-day builds, Odin Makes, uh, Punish Props, and Kamui Cosplay. Those are like some of the big names on YouTube that you can watch someone build something. And like Adam Savage on Tested will be the first to say like, this isn't a how-to channel, but it's always good to see how the engineering works. Because then you can like think about, okay, if that's how he did it structurally, what would I do? Uh, with my materials and with my limitations
2: i also love how he admits mistakes and doesn't just like edit them out he's like look i screwed up and he (laughs) shows you and it's like we're all
1: human
3: yeah
2: um it makes me feel so good (laughs) yeah all the time
1: um, i like uh that i mean not every social media is the best platform but like david said you can just do a search If you're on Facebook, you can look up plus size cosplayers, you can look up armored cosplay, you can look up sewing and there will be a whole community there. Uh, Some of the best sounding boards I found have been in like little communities like that because you can post there. And chances are there's going to be a number of experts who can answer your questions on or or point you in the right direction. And we actually do that with our podcast. We have a, a Facebook group and some other social media you can jump on. And if you have a question, we have a lot of members. So the people will jump on and be like, well, I've tried this and I've done this and here's what I learned. And it's I don't know. The 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 great thing with social media is how easy it is to connect and yeah. <laughs> uh share ideas, share experiences
2: and like get out there and, and join a group see if there's a local yeah. area like we here in utah Definitely. we've got utah cosplayers uh for more general range we've got the stitch and seam cosplay stitch and seam group on facebook and on discord right uh, we've got there's you can find anything local to international like sheep prop uh there's sheep proppers i love sheep proppers they're so they're so good and just like you can find a group out there where you can start learning from finding inspiration from and getting all the advice that you need to get started
1: um also like video websites like youtube and uh well aside from youtube a lot of them are behind like different paywalls like patreon and only fans and things like that but things where people will teach how they have used their skills and how they have put things together and you can actually see a visual of how they did it and you can get a breakdown and they'll talk about how they made it um there's so many videos nowadays that are like that so just going through youtube is a lot of fun honestly
0: aside from what's going on now with the kind of lockdown and kind of lifting it up prior to that are there kind of like clubs that meet you know weekly or monthly to work on projects even even you know if it's Same or like hey we're gonna come in as a group and we're gonna you know we're gonna work on our projects and you know that way you can get tips and share equipment from stuff that you might not have
1: i would say there are definitely communities that do that when i was first getting into cosplay i want to say around like 2002 2003 um it was shortly after I had worked with a group of people here in Utah to found a local convention. And we were looking, well, I was very curious about other cosplayers in the area. And we actually ended up forming a cosplay group. And we would do like competitions together. We would craft together. We would meet regularly. We would do performances. Um, it was almost like a theatrical troupe where we would share different skills. If somebody, wanted to do a costume that maybe was more armor heavy and someone else was better at it. They would either like teach the person or be like, okay, if you do this part of the costume, I'll do this part of your costume. And there was a lot of like trading and sharing and learning. I mean, there are definitely ups and downs to doing that. I wish we could have that kind of like, it would just be fun to, you know, craft with other people. What I see a lot more of is in smaller groups where people will just do like a crafting hangout. And we've actually tried to do that with um, our communities, is do like a live stream where Mercedes, David, and I will have a project in mind that we're all working on for maybe like a two or three hour period. And we will just sit there with our cameras on and show the work that we're doing and answer questions and just kind of chat. Yeah. And I feel like it makes it really accessible if people have questions, if people want to talk about their own projects. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a really fun setting, I guess.
0: Awesome. Now, Panna, if um, people are looking for you, where you specifically, where would you suggest them to go to?
1: For me? Oh, gosh. Uh, my cosplay stuff is mostly on Facebook. It's the Pananators fantastic Cosplay, or just Facebook.com slash Paninator, like or the burninator, <laughs> but Paninator. <And> uh, <laughs>
2: Paninate in the countryside.
3: I do
1: have an Instagram that's at Panin-P-A-N-N-O-N. I have a Twitter that's Panination, um, which is also like a accessory brand that I do. Uh, but most of it's on most of it's just on Facebook. I have Got a TikTok and I'm trying to learn it, but I have not posted it. <laughs> <laughs> because it scares me a little.
0: Uh Mercedes, what about yourself?
1: Uh
2: I'm at vfire on most social media. Uh I don't have a Twitter for vfire um, but I have the Stitch and Scene Twitter. It's just at cosplay stitch on most social medias as well. Uh I try to post. I'm terrible at it. Um but uh, I'm trying to get better at it. <laughs> I believe in uh, you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I eventually going to work on a full on website. So, but got to get there first.
0: <laughs> David, what about yourself?
3: Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Crest Sphinx. Um, I post a lot of my uh, dice stuff and what little projects I'm doing on my Instagram at the Crest Sphinx. Um, but yeah, like, like they, they said before, we've got our Facebook group. Um, Uh, it's just the cosplay stitch and seam group. And that's where a lot of people, we have a work in progress Wednesday where every Wednesday people share what they're working on. And it's just a great opportunity to get a little serotonin by other people seeing like what you're doing. And just like, I like that. I really like that. Um, one of my favorite things is like fine foam people, people who are making foam armor or whatnot. And just like those seam lines, like you can't even tell where the foam ends and the edge begins. Um, or finding other people who are like, oh, I'm working. I think I, I helped somebody with their competition because they posted a screenshot of their editing for a, co- a competition. And I was like, hey, if you need any help, this is what I do all the time. Let me help you. Please let me help. I enjoy helping. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the Facebook group is, is also where you can find pretty much where all of us are going to be posting pretty consistently.
0: Awesome um so did anybody else have anything to add before we end this episode
1: um if you guys want to reach out to us or hit up our podcast you can send us an email at cosplay stitch and seam at gmail.com or wow we're gonna do this huh
2: or you can go to the website and fill out the, the google form at cosplay stitch and or
3: or you can join our Facebook page, join our work in progress Wednesdays, and join the awesome community that we have there. And if you're not a big fan of Facebook, if you go to our Facebook or our Twitter, we'll post a link to our Discord.
0: So yeah, I think um, I learned some things. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but without I think I'm gonna say goodbye. Oh, wait,
2: hang, on, hang on, I got one more thing to add, got one more thing to add. Cosplay is the creation of the impossible with the cheaply available. You don't have to go all out on those expenses, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: yeah that's that would be kind of heartless if you asked me um (laughs) all right so if no other interjections uh i'm going to say goodbye everybody
2: Bye. Bye!
0: you have been listening to firing synapses with matt hammity i want to thank everyone who listened to the show If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends. Also, feel free to send all questions, comments, constructive criticisms, and new topics to mhamityphoto at gmail.com. That's m-h-a-m-i-d-y-photo at gmail.com. It just may end up on a future episode. If you would also like to help the show, You can follow me on all your social media platforms, which includes Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it's still free. Otherwise, goodbye, everybody.